Hi, folks. I want to welcome you to On The Hour podcast. My name is AJ Kelly with the I. You can reach me on all the social media outlets, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things. Uh, and on my email at onthehour at myyahoo.com. I'm thinking about changing the name, too, because um, that name was a group effort, and I'm not with the group anymore, so I think I may just change that name. So just, you know, stay tuned for that. I'll let you guys know so we can definitely keep up with one another and follow the broadcast, all right? So back to mental illness, right? This is what we do. This is what we talk about. I got a lot to discuss because... You know, it's just so much going on in the world right now. I'm going to get away from me for a while and um, just focus on some of the things that are going on in the world that are just completely irritating. Um, If you watch Court TV, I watch a lot of Court TV. Uh, There's a lot of cases going on right now. First of all, I guess we can get to the most uh, recent one which is going to be the street performer in New York. He used to perform uh, Michael Jackson routines on the train. Um, I guess this was some years ago, and he fell on hard times, and his mental health declined, and he was not able to get the help that he so desired or needed. So that's what landed him on that train that fateful night um, when he was on there having probably a mental rant. I don't think he was a threat. I don't. And I say that because I've been in that situation where people get on there and they try to have a bullying type of attitude towards you. But my thing is, as long as you, you know, don't have any type of physical, you know, activity with anybody, it's okay. You can rant. You can talk. You can talk as loud as you want to. I have a choice to get off the train and get on the next train if I want to, right? Or walk through the cars and get on the next car, right? I don't have to sit there and listen to it. But like I said, I don't think he was a threat. Um, He may have been a threat to some people, but he never put his hands on anybody. And to me, as long as you don't touch anybody, nobody should be trying to kill you you know, we have freedom of speech. You should be able to talk. So this young man was 30 years old, right? His name was, uh, what was his name? Jordan Neely. Jordan was 30 years old. Jordan was killed by Daniel Penny. He's an ex Marine, right? So just picture this. Jordan walking through the train, you know, screaming and yelling as people do. I don't have any food. I don't have any money. I need money. Do you have any money to give me? I'm hungry. What gives you the right to jump up out of your seat, grab him in a death chokehold until he is no longer alive? I don't know what gave this man the right to do this. You see, They're only talking about the mental illness of Jordan, the victim. Jordan's mental illness is well documented. He was on a high priority list for care at every shelter in New York. But they're not talking about the mental health of Daniel Penny. And that bothers me because when it, and the charges bother me as well because Daniel Penny was only charged with second degree manslaughter. Or 
criminally negligent homicide. Why is that criminally negligent homicide when you intentionally jumped out of your seat and choked somebody that did not touch you? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Is it because he's black? I hate to pull the race card, but every time it leads us right back to the race card. Look at this. It's like when it's us, when it's black people being murdered, you know, just willy nilly, you're going to give out a second degree manslaughter. That's not right. That man did nothing. That man did nothing to warn that you could have sat on him. Okay. That Marine was strong enough. He could have just sat on him until the next stop and just threw him off the train when the doors open. I'm just saying you could have did a lot of things, but you chose to hold him in a chokehold for 15 minutes. I'm disgusted. And you know who else I'm disgusted by? The people who held his hand. When I saw the video, I'm thinking, okay, they got him. People jumped up and started helping, but they're not helping save his life. They are helping to kill him. How? Sway? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? How? How can you hold this man's arm down? He's telling you, I cannot breathe. Everything in our past have told us, you know, from police brutality that that is not going to end well. We just went through a George Floyd incident where a cop put his knee on this man's neck and murdered him. And other cops stood there and helped him. But pedestrians, like civilians, I I would, I just... I would have thought that people would have jumped up and punched Daniel Penny in the face. Because if it was me, I would have did it. I'm sorry. Daniel Penny had that man wrapped up like a pretzel on the ground. I I promise you, I would have got up out of my seat and stomped him in the face. And I don't care. I just would have stomped him in the face. To get him off of the man. Why are we so desensitized that we're just watching people die. It was like they were cheering him on. I want them to charge the guys who helped. It's no way Daniel Penny should take all of those charges. Yes, he was the aggressor. Yes, he was the main murderer, if you ask me. However, those guys who helped hold him down, if the cops are being held liable in these circumstances, so should civilians. Okay. And it's sad. They all three need to be put under the jail because I kept watching that video. Like, why aren't they helping? Are they helping him kill? And I'll keep watching like, oh my God, they are literally holding him down. I I keep looking for them to, you know, you grab his hand. Are you going to pull him up? Are you going to help him? But they are holding him down. All three should be charged in my eyes. I'm sorry. And I need to know why Daniel Penny was kicked out of the Marines because there is a huge clue to his thought process 
because you premeditated this. You saw what he was doing and it irritated you. So it irritated everybody on the train. Everybody that was sitting there trying to read the newspaper or mind their own business was irritated. But you acted. Why are you not wrapped too tight? This is what I'm, I'm getting at. Daniel Penny has mental issues, people, and we have to look into it. And we cannot sit by and let this man die just because he was ranting and raving. I see that all the time. I wish I can just walk around and scream the things that are on my mind. You know, a lot of times I want to do that, just yell to the top of my voice. But I know I can't do that. But this man doesn't have the wherewithal to say, to, to make that distinction, to say, well, I can't just scream out loud on the train. That's not normal. And people aren't going to be cool with that. But never did he think he was going to die from it. If I go outside right now and scream to the top of my voice, I would pray that no one kills me for it. You see what I'm saying? It's just sad. We have a real neglect for humanity in this world, man. And it's just sad, you know, and my prayers are going out to the family of this young man, Mr. Neely, Jordan Neely, because I don't care how crazy he was. He didn't deserve that. He didn't put his hands on anybody. Nobody had to fight him until he started fighting first. And he didn't. I don't even care if he was taking punches at the air. If he doesn't connect with you, you don't have the right to take his life. You are not a cop. Something is wrong with Daniel Penny, and we need to get to the bottom of it. And I'll be very, you know, surprised to see how this ends. Because I already know Daniel is not, I'm sorry, Jordan, the victim, is not going to get his just due. This is going to be something else that we sweep up under the rug because he's a homeless man. Most of the homeless people in New York are mentally ill. It takes a certain person to get and go in public and do what these people do. They crawl on the ground. You know, they're begging. They're ranting. They're raving. Some just dancing. You know, they may be lucid. For the 30 minutes they perform this show, as soon as that ends, they back to crazy again, back to cursing and ranting and raving, and, but they're not hurting anybody. They're not doing enough. I got to call out Eric Adams, too, the mayor of New York. Um, what are you doing, Eric? Because when I left New York, there was a, an attack on homeless people. There was a man from D.C. running around shooting homeless people in the head because you were kicking them off, off the streets. You were kicking them all out of their encampments. And this is the result of what he's done. It's not going well, folks. I'm a little upset with this one. And, and like I said, my, my prayers to the family. Let's move on. Um, I got some more stories I wanted to talk about. Um, as far as Court TV goes, Letitia Stotch, guys, I want to talk about her. This woman was accused of killing her stepson. So Letitia married this man. He's a, a army guy. I don't know what branch of the army. Don't remember. Don't really care. 
And he's gone a lot. He's always deploying here, deploying there. So we have to move the family like every two years or so uh, because I need a better job. Because my wife is a part-time loser. So instead of her being able to hold the family down and I just go, I can't do that. I have to move my entire family with me every time I go because she's, she doesn't have the wherewithal to take care of this family while I'm gone. I have to be present. This is how I take it. Okay. So she married this man knowing he had a child, him and his ex, you know, they, they didn't seem like they were on great terms. The son is Gannon. His, he's 11 years old and my prayers out to his family as well, especially his mom, because you know, a lot of times when you in step parent relationships, you don't have a lot of control. You see, you don't have the control over who your ex is going to choose next. You don't, you're at the mercy of these women or men that are taking care of your child. You are. You don't know, you don't know the person, only this man knows them. And he could just be some goofy horn dog. And to be honest with you, that's what I think it is. I think that her husband is a pathetic loser. And this whole case speaks more about him than it does about Letitia. And I'm sorry. And yes, Letitia is the killer. She killed Gannon. Why did she kill Gannon? Because she was looking for attention. She is a codependent loser, and, but so is he. We cannot see everybody's getting on Letitia and I know Letitia is crazy and I want to, I'm not giving her a pass, but I want to say that crazy is crazy. What about him? He ignored every red flag that this woman threw up. She is a compulsive liar and everything in this court case points to the fact that she is a compulsive liar. This happened in 2020, January uh, 27, 2020. She reported him missing. He was never missing. She's a liar and the husband knew it. See, this is why I'm saying it's these, um, your ex spouses, you, you can't choose who they date next. See, he's gotta be some type of pathetic loser looking for a codependent relationship. You see what I'm saying? Because you marry this woman every other week, this woman is making up a lie on your son, making up a lie. Gannon burnt down the house, but I saved us all. I put the fire out. I did this. I did that. She wants to look like a hero. She wanted to look like a hero for saving him. For saving the house. You know, most women, if something like that so petty happened, okay, the baby, uh, you know, started a little mini fire. I put it out. Ain't nobody hurt. I'm not even calling my husband that's miles and miles away, hundreds of miles away to tell him what just happened. Unless I'm looking for some type of, uh, you know, pat on the back. You see what I did, babe? I saved us. He was going to burn up everything, but I jumped down there and I put a blanket over the fire and I stopped it. Lies. Lies. It never even happened. Then she made up a lie on Gannon and said, um, well, honey, we, we're, we're having a great day, but we got to leave because Gannon peed on himself. 
an 11 year old boy peeing on himself. First of all, folks, can I just tell you something? If a child that is 11 years old is peeing on himself, can you please look into his mental health? Can you see if he's being abused? Gannon was being abused. So if Gannon did pee on himself, it's because of the abuse that he is suffering at the hands of this woman. That boy couldn't even have peace in his own house. I don't even know how Gannon slept at night at 11 years old with a grown-up making up lies on him constantly. She was crazy. And the husband knew this. He knew some of this stuff was a lie. This is why I say he is a codependent. And he's not wrapped too tight either. Because your ex-wife, she'll have no choice but to trust her child with you. She don't, you know, you so busy fighting a woman for a child that you don't even deserve. You fought that lady tooth and nail so you can get primary custody and you can have Gannon for most of the time. And here he is being abused by your wife because you too stupid to open your eyes and realize that she is lying to you and making up lies. Let me tell you a quick story. And I hate to keep getting on my mother because it's old at this point. And I'm tired of complaining about an old woman. Seriously, because that ain't going to change, you know, until she want to change it. But I will tell you when she married, when my mother remarried, my stepfather had a child, a daughter. Um, she's younger than me, maybe by like, I don't know, four or five years younger than me or something. But I always thought that she was cool. I did. Now, she has some issues um, coming into the marriage. But she had a whole different household as well. So I don't, you know, maybe her issues were justifiable to her household. I don't know. But I was a kid at the time. But even as a kid, I knew my mother was lying. You see what I'm saying? It's a grown man. He knew this woman was lying on his child. Her own daughter testified to say, Gannon doesn't normally pee on himself. Okay? So my stepfather's daughter, when she came into our household, she would wet the bed. She would wet the bed. And instead of somebody, and, and knowing what I know now, I know that those are signs of abuse. And a lot of times it's sexual abuse. It's sexual abuse. These kids sometimes are so scared to get up and walk to the bathroom because it's somebody out there whistling for them like they a prostitute in the street and they're in their own home. Can you imagine 11 years old, you going to the bathroom and somebody, ooh, you look good, hitting you on the bottom. And you know, these kids don't get no rest when they're being sexually abused because you're at the mercy of your abuser. So instead of my mother saying, wow, I wonder what's wrong with her. Why is she, you know, she shouldn't even be wet in a bed like this. Something is wrong. Nobody dug into it. If anything, she, she compounded that situation and put lies on top of it. I would come home from school and every time she would make up a lie. Somebody bleached my clothes one time. Um, my clothes were, I guess, in the washer. I, I, I don't think I, 
I did, did I start the washer? I don't even think I started the washer. You know how it is. You're in the house, you put your clothes in there, you go, you get distracted, you, you do something else. So my clothes were sitting in the washer. I never washed them. I guess my nephew, who was very young, who shouldn't even been, you know, touching the washer, literally, he was probably about 11. He goes in there, puts soap in there, bleach, bleached all my clothes. So I come home. My clothes are now in a dryer. I guess he wanted to wash something. I don't know what happened. I'm not so sure my mother didn't do it. You see what I'm saying? When people lie, they lie. You got to give them they fool. Listen, they could make up anything far as I'm concerned. Now that I know what I know now, I'm not even sure. Well, I am sure because he did confess to it, but he didn't know what he was doing. He did try to wash my clothes. He put bleach all over them. But as soon as I came home and I saw my clothes like that, she told me immediately, no investigation. She told me her stepchild did it. I said, she, she did. And I'm thinking like, we have a great rapport. I like this kid. I took her under my wing. I, I don't understand why she would do this to me. So in my right mind, I questioned the situation while my mother kept insisting. Nope, nope, nope. She did it. She did it. It's something wrong with, it, with, with an adult that's going to lie on a child for no reason. You lying on this child because you don't like her. You jealous? You jealous that a little girl's relationship with her father is super close. I don't know if, you know, everybody out here listening, if you have a daughter, you know that relationship and vice versa. A, a boy and his mom are very close, right? They call it women are sweet on men. Men are sweet on women. Not in a sexual sense. We're just saying that's how it is. We love each other, right? So a daughter is going to be very close. She prevented that. Her home was already broke up. You married her father. That's not her fault. How is that her fault? You mad that she married? That, 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 that you, that, that her dad, you know, remarried with you? Like, why are you mad? I don't get it. But she blamed the girl. Come to find out, she never did it, you know. But I didn't even approach the situation like she did. I approached the situation with a question. I didn't accuse her. And um, she said, no, I didn't do it. And I believed her. She said, my nephew did it. And I believed every word of it. Every word of it. And when I asked him, he confessed. So all I'm saying is, when it comes to these step-parent relationships, I blame the men when they let these jealous women ruin the relationship with their children. This man don't have a relationship with his child to this day. And I'm not even going to drag him in it, but I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's okay. I've never been okay with it. And I think it's wrong. To not have a relationship with your child over a woman. I don't care what the Bible say. Some people will say, well, the Bible says to, to honor your wife over and dismiss everything else. The Bible don't say be an idiot though, right? The Bible didn't say be a stupid fool, right? Because check this out. When this woman die on you or go remarry somebody else, you still got a daughter who can't stand you, who doesn't like you who doesn't love you because you put somebody before her. I'm never doing it. Nobody comes before my daughter. No 
physical being comes before my child. It's not happening. And as soon as I see a mate trying to make up lies on my child, you gone. Let me catch you in a lie. See, the right things was that should have happened when I told my stepfather what my mother did. He should have went at her and said, excuse me, what happened? So you just blamed her, my daughter, for no reason. And he should have put her on notice. Not like, oh, I'm going to leave you. He should have put her on notice like um, my eyes are open because my daughter is not causing half the trouble that you keep saying that she's doing. She's not doing it. But you keep blaming her for things. I'm watching. I'm looking. I want you to know I listen to my child. You're my wife, but I listen to my child. Because I'm going to tell you what abusers do. They're going to try to talk you out of believing your child immediately. And they set that up. They set up that precedence early. Don't believe her. Believe me. Gannon peed on himself. Believe me. Gannon set the house on fire. You know, they set these, these traps up for people, for, for their spouses to believe them early on in the game. And I'm going to say, I blame the spouses. You stupid. Letitia Stanch's husband is stupid because he was looking for love in all the wrong places. He knew this lady wasn't wrapped too tight, but it was sex at home. And in the end, it was somebody to take care of his child that you don't even have to have. He was okay with his mother. You fought her for that child just so he can end up dead. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I don't like it. And I hope they put him in jail. But they're not. It's disgusting. It just disgusts me that you that much of a loser that you got to shack up with some lying ass woman that hurt your kid. It's sad, y'all. Um, she was a compulsive liar. So... She ended up driving Gannon somewhere, placing his body miles away in Texas somewhere in some ditch, just threw his body away and completely lied to everybody. Even the daughter knew it was a lie and she was young. She was a teenager. She was just like, this don't even sound like him. The mother was like, well, he didn't come home today. You know, and I don't know where he is. Okay, well, you lie about everything. So why should I believe you? But you a child, see? Even I was a child. Had I even told my mother, I don't believe she did that. Guess what? She would have made my life hard because this is what mentally ill people do. They need to be believed. They have to start shutting down your entire support system one by one. They do that. And if you keep your eyes open long enough, you will realize that that's what they're doing. They're shutting down your su support system one by one so that no one believes in you. And it's just sad, y'all. So <sighs> she was looking for attention. And the husband was so preoccupied with hating on his ex-wife. I'm going to take him. I got somebody to help me. Okay, you got somebody to help you? But she ain't wrapped too tight. You okay with that, though? Just as long as you got somebody, huh? Mental illness is real, y'all. That little boy could still be alive hadn't it been for that woman. 
He could. And it's just sad. All right, so moving right along. Another case that I've been following on Court TV is the Lori Vallow case. Uh, Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, whatever. Straight weirdos, LDS members. And I have nothing against anybody's religious preference. Trust me. I don't believe that LDS people are out here killing people. I don't. I don't believe that Mormons are out here just murdering people and plotting deaths. But I think something is very wrong with people. And I think everybody in this religion that Chad Daybell created is mentally incompetent. Because I tell you what, let's just say y'all invite me to your church tomorrow. I'll go to your church, right? I get to your church People keep sitting me down, you know, telling me, hi, uh, nice to meet you. Here's my wife. This is my wife, Jenny. Jenny, meet Angela, you know, whatever. Uh, Angela, Jenny is not going to live <laughs> till next year. I promise you. I just got a feeling, you know, I've had a premonition that she's going to die and she's not going to make it to 50. She's 49 now. She's 49 and a half. But, you know, something in my mind is telling me that she's not going to make it to 50. Like, why are y'all listening to people tell you this type of stuff? What do you mean she's not going to make it? Who are you? You going to kill her? I mean, who told you this? Because that is not God-like. I'm sorry. God was not in that. Okay? Unless Satan is your God. And I'm just saying. And this is coming from a non-denominational standpoint. Okay? I'm not giving no one's religion props or credit. I'm saying that that's religious-less. That's spiritual-less, okay? That you can't have the spirit in you if you're around here telling people that I'm not going to make it to my 50th birthday. So the people who listen to Chad are just as crazy. The people that listen to Lori are just as crazy. So let me just um, get you up to speed on this case real quick. So Lori is a LDS member who um, murdered, I want to say, three of her husbands. And her brother was the henchman. He died suddenly when everything hit the fan. Um, people with sense know that he killed himself because the jig was up. And I will say that race had a lot to do with this. And I'm shocked that it went so long. But sometimes white people get to go under the radar for so long because we've already told you that black is bad. So white is good. They can't be doing what you're saying because they're white, you know. And this is the mentality of so many people in this world. And it's sad because it went unchecked. So Lori Vallow ends up marrying Chad Daybell. Chad Daybell is a cult leader. Okay. He's an ex-LDS. Lori is an ex-LDS member. Church of Latter-day Saints, Mormons. They broke off or were kicked out from the Mormons because they had these radical beliefs that um, the end of the world is tomorrow. Let them tell it. Every day is tomorrow. It's going to end tomorrow. 
My wife going to die tomorrow. My husband going to die tomorrow. This is what they were saying. And nobody thought that was strange. Everybody was like, okay, I believe you. Is she still alive? It was people actually checking up on her. And when she didn't die, they were just like, well, you know, sometimes the spirit don't work fast enough, you know, and this is what they were telling themselves to justify her still being alive. Well, maybe the spirit was wrong this time, but it's going to happen. Like they still believed in it instead of sounding the alarm. They believed in it. Right. So Lori done murdered like two of her husbands before she even met Chad. Right. Cause she's just batshit crazy when I tell you that. Okay. She has no empathy. Uh, she's mentally ill to the fifth power. I don't even know this woman's diagnosis, but it's some psychiatric illness she got going on because she hears things, okay? She sees things. She's out there. So she gets with Chad. Chad makes all these radical uh, books that he publishes about the end of the world and people being dark energies so he can meet you. And if you don't agree with him, he'll say, you are, you're, a dark, you're a dark individual. So dark means I have to die. Dark means I have to die because I don't agree with you. I could say, well, I'm not a negative person. No, but you're dark because I'm looking at you like you're crazy. You're sitting up here telling me that your wife is going to die tomorrow. It sounds strange. Ugh, Angela, you're dark. And this is what they tell people. Anybody that doesn't agree with them, it seems like they were dark and ultimately had to die. So she ends up marrying Chad. Chad wants to speed up his um, ending with his wife. I'm not even going to say divorce because divorce didn't even seem like it was an option to him. It didn't. Divorce didn't even seem like an option because if it was an option, you would have opted for it. But you didn't. You chose. And this is how dumb these people are. This is why I can't understand how many people followed him and believed in him. And these are highly educated people who have podcasts. They run churches. They have books out. They're on social media, getting their words out. These are highly educated people. Don't mean they're smart though. They just book smart. They know how to research but they don't even know how to do that because they're manipulating the research that they find. Anyway, you see what I'm saying? So Lori ended up marrying Chad. All right. So Chad has to get rid of his wife now because he's already married with like five children. All the children are brainwashed. I, I want to say the wife was brainwashed as well because she had red flags. If you, if you follow this case, it, there were plenty red flags that her husband is up to no good. He was courting Lori Vallow before his wife even died. He already knew he was going to be a widow because he was going to kill her. He had a day of death. He had a day that he was going to murder her. He had told people. It was a known fact. Did he tell the children? I don't know. He could have. And they probably were okay with it. Because right to this day, they don't believe he did anything. They are on his side. 